0: Welcome to the shed. It's a cool day finally, and that means the smoky atmosphere has dissipated a bit here in the lower mainland. That's good for us. Our honey tones will not be made ragged by high particle contents. We have a whole bunch of stuff to get through this afternoon. Uh, I think we're going to hear more from RJ about his European adventures. Uh, So come along with us, have a good long listen, and we'll see how it all works out. So, boys, I took it upon myself to try to change the world last weekend. Well done, PJ. Because I think, you know, here in our golden years, it is our job to build our legacies. It is our job to leave a mark on the world and leave it a better place than it was when we came into it. Whereas whereas I'm just like in
1: watching TV during the daytime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So actually what happened was uh, Bowen Ma, MLA for Laura Lonsdale, friend of the show, Sent me and some other people a text a while back saying, You want to go door knocking with me in South Surrey? So, because I'm a major fanboy, with me, of course, instant, but at the same time, the very next instant it was, Well, what if 20 people respond? What are we going to walk around a group of 20 knocking on doors? I kind of don't think I'm going to be actually with Bo and Ma, but I just thought. I felt like we kind of owe her. I kind of owe her because she's been in here talking to us twice. It's kind of like Marge. <laughs> There's a pack of liberals out in the yeah. street. Oh, kidding. <laughs> Small l. Yeah, and you kind of think so. So I decided I would, and I just thought, ah, whatever, it'll it'll be a thing. So I go down to South Surrey, and I pick up another brave volunteer at the Rupert Skytrain station, uh, the young and quite pleasant Nicola. You drove down there. Drove down there, gave her a lift. We get there. Bon Ma's not there yet. And the people that are there is a campaign house. Like somebody gave up there, just opened their house to a bunch of strangers to come and run this portion of the campaign from it. And so we're hanging around, you know, okay, whatever, whatever. And we finally, we get our sheets of paper that have about 35 addresses on them. And they've got all kinds of stuff scribbled on them, you know, NH and uh, and ratings, one, two, three. And there's they're a combination of typewritten, like printed, and hand annotated. Okay. And so you're thinking, what? what, what is the deal? And they say, well, you know, these we, we gather information from all kinds of places about people, uh, from phone outreach contacts, from all kinds of stuff. And that's how we put together these lists. And those numbers are their uh, NDP-ness ratings. So if you're a one, you're really likely to vote. And if you're a four, you at least didn't slam down the phone when somebody called you, right? And if your name has been struck through on this list, means they know you already voted. They don't know who you voted for, but they know you already voted. Oh, okay. So the mandate for this day of door-to-door campaigning was to get people that were presumed to be pretty sympathetic to the NDP to be sure to come out and vote because it was election day. And the idea was, have you been out to vote yet? Okay, do you know where you're going? Because here's a piece of paper that has it written on there. If you don't know where you're going,
1: I encourage you to get out.
0: So, okay, you know, we finally figure out where we have to go and we go to our little place and we start. And this Nicola was really good. We took turns and she was uh, navigating, doing most of the where do we have to walk to next. I believe I was probably way more comfortable with the talking part um, Imagine that But it is kind of anxiety inducing <laughs> Just walk up to a stranger's <laughs> door And bang on the door and push the button Because we've got instructions Knock on the door and then push the button right away I right, Do them both.
1: Oh, that's what they tell you to yeah. do, huh? Oh yeah. Make oh, sure. Oh, I'm going to have to remember that next time because the that's first thing I do when I open the door is saying, so is that in your instructions? Yeah. Just curious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? So you go and you introduce yourself and you say, where can you have a great big sign that says the candidate name and the NDP We're campaigning for blah, da, 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 da here. And uh, we're just wondering if you've had a chance to get out and vote yet today. And uh, if you have, thanks so much. And if you have not, do you know where you have to go? We really need you to get out close, blah, blah, blah. And the fun part was, so we went to about 35 houses and the net was maybe three people that said, oh, oh no, I haven't voted yet. Is it today? Right. So great. So it actually has an impact. Three out of 35. Yeah. We had a whole bunch that were just not at home. So yep. you press the button and you're, ooh, 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 from inside, some dog just lights up, right? Just yep. goes. And he goes for like a minute or two and you yeah. just stand there. You're told to try again all the time. Uh-huh. But we decided, you know what? That dog's the- been barking his fool head off in there for like <laughs> two minutes. If... If they They don't know know somebody's at the front door, they're dead if they're not, if they're at home. So we just left that. They've already looked at
1: you on the Nest camera.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I started holding the sign up. day TV. Yep. I started (laughs) holding the sign up to the camera when nobody came to the door, I'd hold it up and point at it, you know, like that. Uh, Just because I was getting bored. And the data that they get, it's fascinating to think, where do they get it from? Because it's really badly flawed,
1: right? Oh, right, right, right.
0: The upside of the whole thing was everybody we actually spoke to was quite pleasant. Yeah. And that included people who said, I quote, I don't want anything to do with the NDP. Have a nice day. You know, really pleasant tone. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh. Just really nice. But clearly, A, what the hell are they doing on this sheet? Because they're supposed to be NDP sympathizers. And then B, just absolutely not going to vote for the NDP. Yeah. 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 We had, uh, there might've been some on the fence people as well. Or? I don't know. We had, we had one where the name on the sheet was, I don't know what it really was, but let's say it was Alison Wright. And we knocked on the door and ring the bell and a woman opens it. She's South Asian and she says, no English. Only you can just barely make out that she's saying no English. Cause she's very, very strong accent. And then she said, Bangladesh and smiled, you know, and we just said, mm-hmm. thanks, have a nice day and left. I'm pretty sure that was not Allison Wright, who's rated as a number one likelihood <laughs> to vote for the NDPs. So what's going on with that, right? Oh, Correct address, but what So some hell? data problem. Oh, lots of questions about the data. Where yeah, is it yeah, coming yeah. from? And this Nicola that I was working with had been a phone solicitor for the NDP. That's her only other thing that she'd done. And I said, so were you assigning these ratings based on your interactions with these guys? She said, yeah, we had to kind of take a guess. And I said, well how did you feel about it? Was it kind of accurate or was it just whatever? And she said, it was sort of just whatever. So that part I found quite interesting because they got to make the most of limited resources for these campaigns. Okay. But hang on, there's, there is the other aspect that if there's two or more people in a
1: household, they are not required to align politically. Yes. And I will just say. Or
0: in last name and first name or color of skin. And I will just say also that we missed, I missed I missed out the part where Bo and Ma did arrive at the campaign house before we set off and we exchanged pleasantries and they had six people, but two canceled at the last minute. So I felt all virtuous. Yes. Yes. You signaled it. Yeah. Oh, totally, I'm doing it now in fact. (laughs) Um, And she just, she had driven the other guy down. So they went off and we, I'd driven Nicholas, so we went off. When I got back to the house after three hours of going around the streets, I found that I'd had a text from Bo and Ma that said, oh, one thing I forgot to tell you, you should always ask, are you so-and-so, the name on the sheet? Right. And I we didn't do that at all. Right, right. So you're quite right. It could be any of the things that you suggested could explain why the data on the face of it is kind of crazy Yeah, because we didn't ask for the name of the person that had been spoken to at some point.
1: And you know, that whole thing, it's like, I was guilty of first order thinking, which is, Oh, you're going to go out there and try and convince people to vote NDP, which clearly was not the case, but I had no interest in going along because I am so ignorant of, you know, I'm not totally ignorant. I'm aware of some really important policy debates, including some I'm not happy with the NDP. Oh, on. totally. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't want to be the person like getting the door slammed in your face can be fun the first few times because you can at least <laughs> tell people the story yeah. of how it just missed your nose or whatever. Yeah. But after a while, that would get tiresome. But worst would be the. Oh, sure. You guys want to come in? I just
0: wanted to have a chat with you for a minute. Well, we got coached on that and I had the same bunch of thoughts. I thought, what am I going to do if somebody challenges some NDP policy and says that's why they're not going to vote? What am I going to do? We got told, first of all, Golden Rue, don't go inside. You don't have time for that. Yeah. Okay. Just your whole mission here is to encourage people to get out to vote. Right. In other words- this thing was the ideal place to bring people who had never done anything before because it was such a very limited scope. It was just knock on the door, ask if they voted, send them to vote the end, you know, and the theory is they're already sympathetic. So you're not going to, encounter a lot of hostility and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's very targeted and that's actually the smartest thing to do. Yeah, and that's why they got us to do it because I presume the other people have expressed the same level of sort of general interest in supporting that party and they thought, well, let's just try them out for a little bit because this is how they groom you to become oh yeah, uh, an yeah. NDP fanatic or a political yeah, yeah. fanatic. Next thing, you're Pierre Polivier and you're leading the CPC. Yeah. Get them while they're young too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's me for sure. Yeah. So it was a pretty interesting experience. I mean, I wouldn't rate it as horrible and it was interesting in terms of, I never knew they had campaign houses. They had food and snacks and water for you there. And you know, you debrief when you get back, you say, well, most people were still not at home and We didn't get clear direction on whether we should add our own annotations to the sheet of names and addresses that we were given. Like, again, note how many people were still not at home. So we didn't because it was just going to be extra work and we didn't feel like it. I might do it again, but really I sort of feel for the moment like my debt is paid. And the final note on it was that candidate just got creamed. Yeah, right. But they knew they were going to get creamed. Well, they were hopeful because it had been somewhat close in 2020. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And the liberal incumbent resigned their seat, which I think they thought might make oh, people right. more inclined to vote for some other party. Right. They resigned their seat to take a job with the Federals.
1: And li- listeners from outside of British Columbia, liberal in BC actually means very conservative. <laughs> yeah. So just so you sad. know,
0: it's sounds a little confusing. Sad. Anyways, I, I did kind of think the whole thing was cool. I hate to imagine doing a th- something like that on a really inclement weather day. It was a nice, warm, sunny day. and we're just walking around. Uh, in one case, in fact, we came up to a house just as the neighbor was pulling up and the neighbor said, oh, don't bother knocking on their door. And I started laughing. I said, really? It says right here in my sheet, they're pretty sympathetic. And I'm waving the paper at him just as a <laughs> oh joke. Oh my. And he said, oh no, don't bother. They're not going to vote. Nope. Just don't do it. And I said, Well, you, you sound pretty sure. And he said, Yeah, no, those guys are Trumpers. They're never voting indie." Oh. And so I said to my partner, Okay, that's it. Look, I know we're not supposed to oh. chat. I'm going to talk to this guy for you. Yeah, a minute. of course. Because, of course. like, what is that name doing on our sheet? I'm of glad you
1: did because you shouldn't.
0: Yeah. And he just said, Well, the neighborhood's changed a lot. You know, there's been a lot of change lately with more renters and fewer owners and he wasn't very specific. This is the Trumper guy now. No, this is the next door neighbor of the Trumper who was an NDP, he'd already voted NDP, that guy. Okay. Um, But he was just trying to explain to me why my data sheet suggested that a bunch of Trumpers were going to be voting NDP. Yeah. And he said his suggestion indirectly was they're probably not the same people as were there when that data was first gathered mm. and it's not clear to me how old that data is either. So mm-hmm. again, with, if you wanted to make a contribution, um, helping out with analysis would probably be a pretty mm. big contribution because uh, yeah. they, they, when I got back to the campaign house, I asked a bunch of these kinds of questions of the more seasoned people that were managing it. Yeah. And they finally just sort of said, yeah, no, there's really a lot of guesswork involved in these, yeah.
1: in these sheets. A yeah, lot you just of do guesswork. the best you can. And yeah. Honestly, I think th- three votes on an entire, was it three, four hours you spent?
0: Yeah. Three hours. Yeah. I
1: don't know if I'd say that that's worth it in terms of leverage, but what else are you going to do with your day besides watch day TV and walk the dogs? So it's actually pretty
0: cool. I, well, I, yeah, it sounds even, like a good even, a good experience. Yeah, kind of. And even people who are not going to vote NDP, if you make somehow some sort of favorable impression. So sorry, did the Trumper guy not answer the door? We didn't even go to the door. Oh, just, you did no, we just marched on. Oh, that's interesting. Just because by then, honestly, we were close to the end anyways. Uh, and I just thought, nah, I'm not going to bother, Because so many people just were not. That guy wasn't working a short con on you. No, I doubt it. Yeah. I really doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, all in all worthwhile doing. If you ever feel like trying to make a contribution, that's a pretty easy yeah. way to do it. Yep. Uh, I don't know when or if I'll do it again, but I might. Um, and I kind of knew what I was getting into in terms of, I'm not going to get a hero award for this. And I'm also not going to do anything particularly important. I just kind of wanted to see how it would all go. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. You want to do
1: listener mail? Let's do listener mail. right, we have a huge backlog of listener mail. Do we? Dating back a couple episodes, so uh, it goes back quite a ways. We've got Lee from Courtney on episode 137, City of Sin. That's the Las Vegas episode. Hi, dogs. Nifty episode, except for the part where RJ got covid what a bummer and what a nimrod that a fellow Canadian foosball
0: competitor likely took it with them down on the plane. I just like that somebody somewhere is still using nimrod as a term of approbation. Exactly. I think that's good.
1: Yeah. I don't believe you mean approbation, though. I probably don't.
0: You're right. Yeah. You are correct. So yeah. I'm just glad that I somebody is using nimrod. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just glad that somebody somewhere is still using nimrod. For their insult language. And let's carry on. What part of, if you're exhibiting
1: symptoms of dot, 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 stay home, isn't pretty well understood by all of us now? These are good points. <laughs> they are. And uh, sorry to the person I caught it from, but I'm just going to go ahead and leave that in. But other than the COVID, it sounded like a pretty good adventure, which kind of reminds me of the old joke. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? Yeah, yeah. I love that joke. I use <laughs> it a few do. times every year, I think. But I digress. Anyway, a couple of things regarding this episode. You were humming a piece of music called Toreador. <laughs> from the Bizet Opera, Carmen, in which we were also talking about that episode. And uh, I had it so botched up that we might have even dropped it from the footage. I'm not sure. I was saying it's the only English language opera. I know it's actually French. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking, but I think it was, it was just an amazing opera. Anyway, I, stand for that.
0: I think that's just our classic trademark
1: uh, mishmash of, knowledge
0: of, of semi-knowledge a, and ignorance. Pretending, you
1: know, and like we, we, we sometimes we rewind and we re it and we make ourselves look smart. But the truth is, <laughs> we're just making it up as we go along. That's right. But yes, the Bizet Opera Carmen in French, a wonderful opera. She says, regarding opera in general, there's really no better school for getting the tunes and a very rough gist of the story of an opera than Bugs Bunny. The old Bugs cartoons were a great source of classical music. The William Tell Overture. The classic morning waking up sunrise piece. And of course, as you mentioned, Sweeney Todd. Oh, where do I get that wabbit? What would you want with a web? Now my husband goes around the house singing Welcome to my shop. Let me cut your mop. Let me save your
0: crop. Ding-tilly. Ding-tilly.
1: Regarding the Netflix limited series Anna, which I loved. That's me speaking. I didn't watch because it really ticked me off that the real Anna Delvey was paid over $300,000 as a paid consultant to the show. And that is a thing, isn't it? Like someone's a criminal. Oh. They, they. I mean, she was in jail for quite a while, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, but then she gets rewarded?
0: Yeah, no, that is a problem. It's the same mass murders, all the same sort of thing, right? Like yeah, people you, who do a horrible stuff and then make a pant load of money selling the description of their horribleness. That's
1: right. And there's laws yeah, in the States to help prevent that. I don't know if there's ways around it really probably illegal ways around it. But anyway, it's good that there are laws against that kind of thing. And that is a bad thing. Uh, that said, it was a great show. So even after all she did scamming money from people, she was still making money from being a scammer. And from all, from all looks of it, she hasn't scammed once since. And she did use that $300,000, at least in part, to repay people that she had scammed. Oh, really? So Yeah. So there is that. I mean, including the main character who was is, who is really taken there. But anyway, oh, so good there's for that. you
0: to look that up and put it in. I didn't know that.
1: She said, I kind of did a personal boycott of the show. Totally understandable. I'm sure Julia Garner was great, though. She was excellent in Ozark, which was just wrapped up its final season. And used a super broad Missouri accent throughout. Yeah, it's great that she is so different in the two roles and yet does a, does a fantastic job in both of them. So Julia Garner saw her on the Emmys the other day. I don't think she won, but she's an uh, excellent actress. Maybe she'll become the new Meryl Streep, Lee continues, reinventing her sound for different roles. And finally, RJ, you're not the only one who really liked Francis Coppola's movie, One From the Heart. (laughs) I liked it a lot. Now I know there's two of us in the entire
0: world. Yeah, so we are now personally acquainted with about 30% of the entire fan base for that movie. (laughs) Right, right. Because only about 150 people (laughs) saw it. (laughs) And
1: most of them hated it. Uh, It was weird. She goes on, unique and surreal. Kind of like watching painting as a movie. I think it was quite misunderstood. I totally
0: agree. Fantastic show. And to be honest, the fact that you guys both liked it makes me think I should watch it because I never even watched it. So Well, yeah, but you got,
1: it doesn't have Nicolas Cage. I keep the wanting to say it does because, you know, Nicolas Cage is related to Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, he's, just I can't remember. But it was not F. him. You it was like, something. I think maybe Frederick Forrest. Oh, I thought it had. And Terry Garr is the main female lead. And I, I really like watching her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Loved her. Just loved her.
1: I like watching her on uh, David Letterman interviews. Oh, I haven't seen. Because she this. would never go to script ever. Oh, oh. She just couldn't help herself. And so they just wander around and conversation was pretty fun to watch. New comment from Haley, currently of Montreal. One on episode 138, the dog solitudes, which was the one she was starring in. Thanks so much for having us dogs. I will only provide one listen as the sound of my own voice is a form of personal torture, (laughs) but it was lovely to record in person. And we both had a lot of laughs until next time. Ron and Haley and Haley, you have a wonderful voice and it's, that's a pretty common thing. You're probably aware Since our voices actually are quite different, the way we hear ourselves through our own kind of eustachian tubes or however it is we hear ourselves, it's we're a little bit more dulcet, I believe, to ourselves. Maybe
0: I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is all those empty spaces inside my skull provide a resonance that just doesn't show up in the recorded version of my voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know.
1: But. I watched a band I really love. The band's no longer a band, uh, but it was two sisters. One sister's the main songwriter. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute. But uh, a- afterwards, when I went to the merch area, I was talking to her sister who plays violin really well and sings in one song, only one song. She has a super thin, mm. thin, high-pitched voice. Uh, and I complimented on her because I think it sounds really special on that one song. She says, oh, I can't stand my voice, she says. <laughs> and uh, she, she, she was pleased that somebody liked her voice. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing for sure. It
0: is really not uncommon and people say it all the time. We've, we've had other guests say the same thing. So hopefully she'll come back and hopefully those of you who have been here before will take another crack if we, if we ever manage it. I'm not just saying that, Haley. You have a great voice. Hey, KJ, can I have a
1: glass of water now that you're done uh, supporting Buddy and all his needs? I've been told that I have uh, acid reflux. Mm-hmm. And I go, but but it never burns. He goes, yeah, that's, burning is not always a symptom. Some people just get it and their throats just don't pick up on the burning. <laughs> but the thing is those drugs that work for absolutely everyone, they didn't help in any way. They, every single person who's ever heard, they go,
0: really? Because they're miracle drugs, right? The proton pump inhibitors. Yeah. Can't tell you how many people I've mentioned proton pump inhibitors to. They're better than the photon pump inhibitors. (laughs) But less wonderful than the photon torpedoes. Dilithium crystals actually came up in our family Zoom yesterday. Well, I I believe there are two lithium atoms in those. (laughs) Yes, yes. I was uh, recommended to watch Star Trek The Something. It's a prequel to the 67 series. And it's a series on Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Okay, and then there's the Lord of the Rings prequel that's on
0: right now. I've been watching that. Have you guys?
1: You have Amazon Prime. Yes, I sure do. Yeah, and uh, so I'd actually like to hear. You go ahead. Let's take a little sidebar on uh, Do you
0: want to hear what I think of it? Are they all white? No. No, they're not all white. There's a, uh, there's that elf of color in there. In well, fact. that's good. That's good. People are whining and complaining about that online, eh? Oh, people whining and complaining. Commenters about are just online. so unhappy about yeah. That's just not... I don't know, but there is an elf of color and they've got elf turned up to 11. I mean, you know, so like if you watched the Peter Jackson version of Two Towers and all that, you know, they would have the scenes where they're dealing with the elves and there's a lot of soft focus and glowy light. Oh yeah. And yeah. Vaseline lenses. Some wonderful, long, wonderfulness. Long blonde hair and just transcendent wonderfulness. Not just beautiful, but smart oh everything and wise beyond oh, not wise, wise according to the years because they're all a thousand years yes, old yes yes and it's just super like that well in this series they've got that turned up to 11 because this is just all about it's a prequel to everything it's a prequel to the forging of the ring it's a prequel to all of it and so it's very mean, there elfy. are no rings yet not even the No, name. they haven't even formed, oh, haven't forged Oh, isn't yet. that interesting. Yeah. And they there is a dark lord. Yeah, Morgoth. Yeah. And yeah. the ring will be forged, I'm sure. But we're uh, meeting Isildur. You know, the guy, the ring was called Isildur's Bane because he killed his brother over it eventually. So we meet him and we meet all these guys that are referred to. Oh, but, do you think that they're actually going to forge the rings during the series? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah that's going to be great. But like I say, it's, they've... <laughs> They've got the wonder index. You're supposed to be struck with wonder and awe. It's just maxed.
1: Right. Out so there are certain people, uh, Sue included, that are allergic <laughs> to this kind of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you go, yeah, but no, but look past that, and yeah. it's going to be great. So she actually did enjoy the original Lord of the Rings, but I would expect that she would not. I, enjoy I think this. she'll
0: find this a bit of a struggle. I am, and I did enjoy the originals very much. The thing that's keeping me going. Is I keep recognizing little story elements from the trilogy, the Tolkien trilogy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you sort of think, well, okay, let's see how it unfolds. We know the basic bones of that story, but how are they going to do it? Like they have a sequence where a bunch of elves are sailing into the West. So if you've read the books, you'll know that when it's time for them to retire from earthly life, they sail into the West. Yes, So they're doing this. So they're on a ship in the western seas. Early in? Or yeah, early this? on. Yeah, this is just, this is back when elves still lived in Middle earth. Okay. Uh, but when they were done with Middle earth, they sailed oh, off into right, the west. Right, right. Right. So they're all done. So yeah. they're sailing on the ship and they're all standing there glowing yes. in long flowing robes yes. on the deck of the ship in perfect order. Yeah. And you're just sort of thinking. Really? What, do they stand there for eight days? Are there no they, waves? No waves. What is going on? The ship doesn't have any sails. Are they just elfing it forward? Is that what's happening? I think it would have
1: been cooler <laughs> it's if they like had, <laughs> like, an elf lean over the side and, and hork. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
0: It would probably be all glowy flowers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been excellent. But, you know, you sort of think... Come on, what's going on here? I yeah, don't, I, yeah. it's, I get it's all magical and everything, but could you just turn it down yeah, a couple notches? use nonsies? a little bit more imagination.
1: So I don't know.
0: Challenge it a bit, little bit. Yeah, they, make, make they some would, stuff up. Because you know? right
1: now they're just getting a lot of chatter about how, you know.
0: Yeah, it's too late now. The money's yeah. spent and the films are made, right? Yeah. But it's, I mean, I'll watch it when, it, as it comes out, I'll watch it, but I watch a lot of stuff, so. That's really good. Kind of fun. All right.
1: So let's uh, continue on with listener mail. Mm-hmm. Michael from Coquitlam is, re- this, is well, this one's regarding Richard's pictures of the European vacation. I wanted to thank you and Sue for your wonderful pictures of France, Belgium, and Germany. They are all excellent. Your descriptions are great and humorous too. Well, thank you for that. I did enjoy doing those. They did take quite a bit of time. I did correctly call them self indulgent uh but there there have been a handful of people I think that have enjoyed those and including one person that's going to be traveling to France and thanked me offline as well. yeah,
0: I thought they were great. I'll just say it again. I'm loath to praise you about anything because it's just oh, it's just a horrible conflict. I'm for soaking me. it in right now, oh I know it's it's kind of bad, <laughs> but I, I have to say they were great. They really, and I am going to look at those oceans that you've published since yeah, yeah, because they're fun. And if you were going to France, I would recommend that people do what RJ did. I
1: do put, I try to put little comments in there just so that people at least have something to look forward yeah. to. Oh, uh, I got to look at another photo here. Well, you know, this one is about the Bayou Tapestry and there's a guy named Conan in there. So I <laughs> drop in there that he went on to host his <laughs> own talk show.
0: See, You don't get that from many travelers. I'm working it all the time. Yeah. Most travelers won't work it. They'll just say, here's the Bayou Tapestry. Aren't we great? Here's the next thing. Aren't we great? Uh,
1: He says, I don't have your personal email, so I'm using the Shed Dog's email because Facebook isn't the best place to send you a message. Thanks again, Michael.
0: Yeah. And Michael, just for the record, uh, KJ and I are right here. We're right here.
1: (laughs) Uh, Lee from Courtney on episode 141, RJ goes to Europe. Hi dogs. Great episode. And thanks for taking us with you again for a pricey review of your trip, RJ. I followed your one a day pictorial tour on Facebook too. I like PJ. am so impressed that you drove the roundabout at the Arc de Triomphe. Why do I have the line by Nigel Tufnell in this is spinal tap running through my head. It's a fine line between... Dot, 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 and I've forgotten.
0: I don't know the line, but I assume it's courage in- insanity or something. Oh, like, right, I- right.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. I looked down upon the roundabout from a point above one time and was just shocked there wasn't a collision a minute. But there weren't any, despite no lane lines and the driving method that the French refer to as système de. So, way to go, R.J., and cool that you saw the crash test dummies and that they're still, or at least 99% the original band. I saw them at the Orpheum years ago, opening for Elvis Costello. Not only did the lead singer have the lowest voice I'd ever heard, he also had hair down to his waistline. I wonder, was the hair still there too? And no, I mean, he had a good head of hair, but it was, you know, much shorter now. It was still a good head of hair, but uh, probably just down just below his ears, like kind of normal, but a fairly thick mop. But when he was singing that line about uh disappearing hairline, he did at one point kind of pull his hair back and you could, you know, you could see.
0: Oh, he's know. got the widow's peaks going. Yeah, and of
1: course I was watching it with my slippers on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that he did that because there's a lot of people who hear that kind of long hair story and just automatically without wanting to hate the guy for it. Nobody that I know personally or anything, but, you know, full head of hair. Yeah, uh, it was a great show. Uh, and uh, our last one is
1: from uh, Captain Rob from Saskatoon. Captain Bob. He checks in with us from time to time, and uh, he's a completist, as we know, and he's now working on episode 60, Border Dogs. <laughs> I was just going to say, I remember it as though it was yesterday. (laughs) I didn't remind myself (laughs) what this was all about. So I'm just going to read it, not try to remind people unless I actually remember, which I don't know if I will, but he says, yep, I got the $240 thing too. I talk back to the podcast sometimes today is nine September, 2022. Uh, I'm running behind. (laughs) I read mad magazine well into my twenties. It was terrific anarchic, irreverent, hilarious, are some other apt modifiers. I remember the beatnik artist's impossible sculpture was invariably titled Man's Inhumanity to Man.
0: You know, I don't remember that, but I definitely know that your answer to the theme of every piece of literature you were ever (laughs) asked to analyze was, oh, it's about man's inhumanity. Uh, Yeah, the public art.
1: And and I'd forgotten where I got that from, but I believe it must have been Mad Magazine. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, It was Star Black was the name of Star Trek, which I'd referred to. And he said, with Spork, I remember that. Uh, Spock was Spork. And I think Captain Dork or something like that. I think Mad grew out of EC, which was Eerie Comics. And like Eerie Comics, Mad was all black and white. I remember first encountering it at the Neighbors growing up in California. They had tons of comics and records. I first heard the Beatles 65. Which, by the way, was released in 1964, uh, he says. There as well, just an aside. <laughs> Thanks, Cap'n Rob. Great to hear yeah, from yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, and Bob. Those I do know that neighbor. I remember the neighbor, and I remember the great stack of comics he has. He's now a country singer down in Dallas, Texas, by the way. Wow. And uh, I've even emailed him once, and he never replied. Well, So Donald Donald from Anderson, California, now in Texas. Get back to us.
0: I first saw Mad Magazine at Cromer of Duncan's place. Right, because Cromer was that place, wasn't it? Yeah. And that
1: is listener mail. <laughs> just a really quick PSA about seniors on ferries. Yeah. And you might be aware, I had only just recently been told by someone, hey, did you know? I think that, you heard that uh,
0: right here in the shed, RJ. From you? Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. So it was like 65 and over rides free on the ferries. I was amazed by that. Fine print Mondays to Thursdays, 65 and over rides free on the ferries. And the other thing you mentioned was it's, uh, as a foot passenger, mm-hmm. which is very true. Turns out even as a driver, that component of your fare is removed. Good. Mondays to Thursdays. Good. So I misstated that. So that's good. good I'd forgotten where that. I got that from, but, uh, yeah, that's great. Um, I got, uh, one more, uh, in, in this, uh, in this session's an American and Europe segment. Yeah.
0: Parking in Bayou. Parking
1: in Bayou. That's right. Now, would you say in French, would you say Bayou? Or? I don't know. Okay. I actually don't know what the correct pronunciation uh, yeah. is. Yeah. So anyway, parking in Bayou. Uh, so, you know, throughout the trip, we'd seen these, uh, what is the name if you're driving and you want to drive down a road, but there's actually a post that prevents you of driving down there. Bollard. A bollard that's it. okay. So in France there are these bollards that are kind of lit up and they look like they can raise up and down. I think they in some cases they can yeah yeah and I think I think so yes, but we saw them we quite often saw them. we never saw them going up and down, so we were always a little bit quizzical. We even saw a person trying to drive right up to it, hoping to trigger it to go down and they would back up and they'd go ahead and they'd back up and they'd go ahead. Maybe they had a little beeper thing, but they could for the life of them, they couldn't get it to drop. So they ended up having to back up way down an alley and go some other way. So that's fine. So, you know, I'm getting it reinforced that these things never move, even though I know that they do. But uh, now we're pulling into Bayou. We're going to the Churchill Hotel, our hotel. I'd already read that parking's not as easy there as, you know, and we have a car now. And so uh, I know that they're going to tell us where we can park for free. And so the GPS guides me to the hotel. I turn right down a street and the GPS has me going right down the street, except for there's one problem. There's this bollard sitting there. So we stop. And I go, okay, Sue, just wait here. I'm going to run in and get the free park and come right back out. So I run in and I go and I become that American guy, you mm. know, I'm talking a little too fast for getting to try hard with French because I'm in kind of in a hurry and the, the woman at the desk is already starting, to uh, she's getting a little worried as well. I think, I don't know. And then I turn to the guy, I go, do you speak English? Well, it turned out that she does speak English. So I was just, anyway, and he's going, uh, oh, yeah, so he's telling me where to park. Okay. So I come out. I really did move as fast as I could, but this whole interchange took a good three minutes, right? I come out. There's a couple cops standing at the car, and Sue's out of the car now. And there's a bit, a bit of a kerfuffle going on down there. And I'm running, and she's, she's saying, here he comes, here he comes. And I'm thinking, oh, man, oh, man. I come up to the guys, and I'm going, oh, uh, can I just pull aside over – over there, and they're like, nah, 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 they're just waving me over. It was one of those tourist trains with the trams behind them, oh. and you know that's the only vehicle mainly, I guess, allowed down the street there. And it had come up; they probably come up along every fifteen, thirty minutes. Oh. And so now this whole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm i'm causing a good 50 people to, to wait i hope to hell you hadn't left your canadian pin in the car i hope you were aware of it because i don't know that's what it's really there and for.
1: i hopped in and i'm pretty stressed and Stu's pretty stressed and i'm pretty sure that i'm going to be pulling over and they're going to be giving me a ticket and i'm going to have to pull out my international driver's license yeah. that i actually got well even um, worse you might have to back up for a long way so you've you no, backing up Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really good news. I just could turn left immediately into an alley there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so anyway, that's uh, what I should have done. Anyway, that was all, that was all fun and games. And it turned out they were not cops. I just thought they were, they were kind of like security guards or quasi cops. I don't know what they were. And they had no interest in giving a tourist a ticket. They just wanted traffic to get moved.
0: Probably the man. tourist train operator guys have enormous legal impact. I don't know. Yeah, they probably,
1: <laughs> there's one in every town, so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we head around back and we get in the uh, parking lot behind and the uh, uh, parking lots full behind, right? And uh, so I park in the loading zone. I come in and tell them I'm in the loading zone. He goes, they, they get excited again, <laughs> you better not be in there. Uh, you better not, you know, we can't promise anything. And so, uh, then while I think Sue's checking in or something, I'm driving in, I'm driving back to a better parking spot. So I get one, it's all good. So we go in there and, uh, we get our room and I'm calmed down and they're being nice and I'm being nice and we, we head up to our room, right. And, uh, we do our initial room inspection And looks good to me. And Sue's going, um, I don't know if I like this bathroom much. Uh, I think people can see in the bathroom and I go in there and there's a great big frosted window. It's a kind of a character place, but it's kind of nice. You know, there's a frosted window, but the panes, the the edges of the frosted panes are clear. Mm. Right. And so I can see a stairwell. And I'm going, "You know what? I bet they thought this through pretty perfectly, and if people are walking up and down the stairs, I'll bet you they can't see. <laughs> you know? so I go up there and I look down and I look in, and I'm going, "There's Sue's in there, and I can't really see and I come back down and I, th- I think we're good she she heads up, and I'm standing in there now, and she's if i had been if I had not been wearing clothes, she would have a clear view of my crotch, right? <laughs> a clear view, and there's absolutely no way. To put a rod up, you know, because often you'll go, yeah. oh, it's too light in this room. I think I'll put something over the curtains. Yeah. You, you can deal with stuff. There's nothing. There's no way to hang anything there. So we head back down, right? <laughs> and now there's a line up at the front desk and there's a woman in front of me. And so we exchange pleasantries about the reason that we're at the front desk. She's there because they got there and their room had not been done up, right? So they were given keys to a room that had not been clean like, and so I'm going, yeah, well, you know, our room, you can see right in the bathroom. I said, you know, so we're just chatting about that. Right. So then, uh, anyway, so when I get up there, he says, I tell you what, I'm going to upgrade, you no charge. And, uh, here's the keys. You got a nice place in the courtyard there and, uh, and it's bigger and no charge for it. And he says, have you done anything in your room? Have you taken any towels mm. down anything? And I said, no, absolutely not. That was part of the getting the upgrade. And so he says, uh, and I don't suppose you can leave your keys with me. I said, no, no, no. I gotta, we gotta go make sure that new room is just right. And then we'll come down and give you our old keys back. So we do that. And that takes about 15 minutes. That was a cagey veteran move there. I'm sure I would have given up my keys. And, uh, so now, now I come back down with the old keys. We do the nice walk around the place. Cause we've moved out of it. Make sure everything is pristine in there. So come up give the guy the keys. As I'm turning away, I see him take the keys and hand them to the woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one, so, Your room is ready now, yeah. man. he says. Oh my I've been goodness. filling her in on the bathroom. Yeah. And, and I'm just backing away because I don't know if she saw me or not. Yeah. I'm out of there. Yeah.
0: I thought that was pretty funny. That is <laughs> funny. Jeez, I wish to hell you could find
1: out what happened. It totally felt like faulty towers in there anyway. I, really? I that. And and I like the place. I mean, there's a long list of things that were wrong with the place, but the right thing with the place was that it was right there. In, yeah. In a perfect little town, so.
0: And and he just wasn't going to charge you extra for your upgraded room. That's he wasn't right. giving you the room for free. That's right. Yeah. Okay. But it cracked me up that that woman. Oh yeah, totally. Because <laughs> like. she
1: was steaming by then. By the way. Oh. Because she's still she's it's this is still like half an hour
0: later from when I was chatting with her. Yeah, and maybe longer. Oh man. Anyway, like I. You can just imagine too. So obviously, no room at the inn. You probably got the last empty room. Oh, I mean, perhaps the room that she had initially been so shown would have been made up by then. Like, if I'm the manager guy, I'd get somebody down there, make that room. Send your wife down there, do something. I mean, you go yourself, make yeah, that room yeah, yeah. up right now, yeah, because because uh, she's not going to be happy. <laughs> I wish you could find out what she made of that window.
1: Our new room, we uh, when we decided to head out, we couldn't lock it. And so we got down to the front desk and, uh, and she said, oh, 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 I'll show you how to, how to lock it. <laughs> it was actually quite an incantation. To oh, do, you really? Know. You know, just putting the right amount of pressure on the thing and doing this oh, and turning, oh. turning the key just at the right moment and turning it. And so Sue, Sue became an expert at that. So she was the one, you know, whenever yeah. we were leaving, yeah, yeah. she would do her little project. I might take some pictures and stuff. And so, uh, yeah. And, uh, the walls were kind of easy to hear people in the next door neighbors complaining about the hotel and <laughs> the next door over, ah, there are Americans so, like yeah, yeah.
0: I'm going to see to it. That's right. <laughs> you can't treat me like this. I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, well, anyway. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's way less about parking and way more about the hotel actually. And pretty interesting we've made it to the end of another one. I hope you heard some stuff in there that was amusing or interesting or both. I know we had a bunch of conversation that I really enjoyed. If you've got questions, complaints, suggestions, if you want to become a guest, anything, anything at all, money, blocks of money, just send them to us. We'd be happy to hear all of it. And failing that, just take care of yourselves and come back and hear us again next time. Thanks so much.